Good morning. It's October 5th, 2022, and this is 5-Minute Daily Devotionals with Religionless Christianity. This morning, I'll be breaking from our discussion on the Reformers for the next three days as we look instead at their immediate predecessors, the Puritans. And just for some essay, I just arrived yesterday in Los Angeles where I'm blessed to be able to spend the next three days at the Puritans Conference at Grace Community Church. So that is why I want to discuss the Puritans. And sadly, my beautiful and wonderful wife will not be with us for the rest of the week. I'm flying solo, so please pray for me. So why discuss the Puritans at all? Why fly across the country to come to a three-day conference to discuss men that lived 100 to 200 years ago? Well, I'll let Charles Spurgeon tell us. After all, he is known as the last Puritan. And he says, By all means, read the Puritans. They are worth more than all the modern stuff put together. So, if that sentiment was true in his day, late 1800s England, it's most certainly true in our day. You know, they're still very much relevant and important today, and we still have much we can learn from their lifestyle and faithfulness. And when you speak of the Puritans, you're speaking generally of men and women that lived roughly between the 16th and 18th century, though there were outliers. You know, we mentioned Charles Spurgeon, and he was in the 19th century, but many consider Martin Lloyd-Jones a preacher in the vein of the Puritans, and he was preaching until his death in 1980s. The Puritans really built off of what the reformers of Martin Luther's day started. While Martin Luther and the reformers were looking to reform the Catholic Church and rid it of all its extra-biblical or otherwise outright heretical teachings and practices, the Puritans were seeking to do the same with the Church of England. They, like the Reformers, wanted Scripture and Scripture alone to be what governed not just the Church, but life. And that name Puritan was a name of ridicule in their day. It was meant sort of in a mocking tone, like, oh, you're so pure, you just want to stick to the Bible. You know, and it's kind of funny to think on now, but in their day, you know, like the Catholic Church in Martin Luther's day, the Church of England was established and governed in much the same way as the Catholic Church. Just instead of the Pope, the King of England sits as the head of the Church. And that is still the case today. The newly crowned King Charles is now the head of the Church of England. Well, persecution would come for the Puritans, and many of them fled to America, the New World, in hopes of establishing Christian communities that adhered closer to biblical Christianity as the Puritans saw it. And they were successful. They cultivated much of New England and became influential with the governing authorities of all 13 colonies. Now, this doesn't mean they were perfect. You know, they were human, so that rules perfection out. They had their flaws and they had, you know, practices and different events in their day that we would certainly question but I don't think that by any stretch means we should dismiss them. And I think we have a problem in America where we tend to think anything that is old is inferior. You know, we are a technological society after all. Um, And especially if that thing that was old doesn't live up to our modern ideals of morals and virtue. That's a mistake, though, because we don't just get, you know, from the 1500s where 
the Roman Catholics were essentially the only Christian church around the world still burning people at the stake all the way to today, you know, with almost total religious freedom. We don't get there overnight. That takes decades, centuries, and it takes men seeing the flaws in their own time and working to fix them. Then those who come after them find more flaws and fix them. It's a slow process, but that's the real, you know, that's the way real lasting change happens. But the real lesson that I think we can learn from the Puritans um, is in faithfulness to scripture, as well as the courage in their conviction. You know, it's easy for us today to stand for what we believe in, or at least it should be. COVID lockdowns, anyone? But imagine a world where everyone was one faith, and to step outside of that paradigm meant real persecution, sometimes to the point of death. You know, that's the level of conviction and courage we need if we're going to, you know, try to fight against the rampant wickedness and sinfulness of our day. And our psalm of the day comes from Psalms chapter 7, verse 9. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous. And for our proverb of the day, I just want to highlight Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, because King Solomon writes three basically straight chapters on avoiding sexual immorality. So maybe we should take that seriously. And I'll end praying for you from Psalms 145. May the Lord show you he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that the Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. May you know the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that the Lord preserves all who love him. God bless.